The John Holloman interview edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk-free bet up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And, folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I got my Cuban links on. Yes, Cuban B. And I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf. I got ice all over my body looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill, dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy, I'm walking like an old man. Try me, you. Guys, we are one week away. One week away from Oaklawn Racing and corned beef sandwiches. That's that's the good news. Uh, we, we've done a lot with Oaklawn in terms of bringing in uh, Matt Dinnerman, the new track announcer. Crystal Conning, your new paddock reporter. The queen of Oaklawn, Nancy Holthus. Let's see another side of it. Joining me today is two gentlemen who have gone from dipping their toe into horse ownership and jumped in head first. John Holloman and Tim Stedman join me today. Uh, Tim is going to shudder whenever I call him my attorney, probably. Uh, and, uh, John, uh, is the, the name responsible for uh, a bunch of uh, great horses that, uh, run under, uh, Robertino Diodoro and made a, a pretty honest run at the Oakland, uh, Oakland owner's title last year. Uh, Tim works for John and he's also one of my oldest friends at horse racing. Plus me and this maniac nearly died, uh, when his car slid off the road on the way to the Oakland, uh, on the way to Oakland for the Arkansas Georgia game a few years ago. Uh, Tim, in hindsight, we could have taken our time to get to the sports book for that game. Yeah, we definitely didn't need to get there to lay a bet on Arkansas. (laughs) So, uh, guys, welcome to the show. And I I have a little administrative thing I have to take care of uh, before. Anytime I do an interview, I ask this of my guests. Would you rather fight 100 squirrel-sized horses or one horse-sized squirrel? John, I'll let you lead off. Hmm. I think the the, I'll pick the one. The one? The one squirrel-sized horse? Oh, man. that's I'm convinced that a, a horse-sized squirrel would have somehow uh, conquered North America uh, just because of the freaky athletic ability. What about you, Tim? Uh, I'm going to go with 100 uh, horse, <laughs> squirrel-sized horses. Uh, horses are way more docile than squirrels. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Uh, so, and this question is for both of you. Uh, and I'll, we'll go to John first. Uh, how did you get your uh, your start in horse racing? What would you say made you a fan? I grew up over in western Arkansas, and my dad was a farmer and a rancher, and uh, he was friends with a number of the people uh, in Salisaw that were into uh, oh, uh, the straight racing. Uh, I, what is it? Quarter, Quarter horse, horse racing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. My mind went blank. And uh, uh, we really enjoyed going over and watching the quarter horses. And that's how I got my start. And I still love quarter horse racing. What about you, uh, Tim? I don't think we've ever, I've known you for forever. And I don't think we've ever talked about this. No, no. I, uh, so I was living in Colorado Springs and a buddy of mine invited me to go to the dog track with him to watch the Kentucky Derby via simulcast. Uh, this was the Fusaichi Pegasus year. 
and I hit a $1,500 trifecta on one of the undercard races, just boxing one, five, and nine, and I was hooked. There, nothing more dangerous than than winning those those first big races. Like winning right off the bat is, is the just the the instant hook for a lot of people. Now, John, you started with your first horses year before last, I believe. Correct. Correct. What was it like claiming that that first horse? We still have him. He runs down uh, in Louisiana, in Dimash, and uh, he's my. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm. Uh, 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 more sappy than most owners, but uh, he's my first, and uh, we've done everything to do to keep him racing, and he's still my favorite. So, was there any like high drama with it? Did you have to? Did you have to survive a shake or anything? Was there ever like a, a buyer's regret moment of what did I just do? No, you know that's the first thing. My first lesson about racing, uh, the practicalities of racing, is I always assumed when you put in a claim, uh, you just went down with your bridle, hooked up the horse, and took it to wherever you were going to take it. <laughs> and uh, we learned very quickly that claiming. I think when we got into Mars, do you remember? Weren't there four or five other claims? I think. Uh, I think we did have to shake. I'm yeah. trying to remember the first horse we we put in claim in that we didn't get yeah we tried to yeah i don't remember that but we we put in claims on a number of horses before we got indy and uh you know a lot of these shakes now it's simply amazing there are uh, five six eight a dozen or more on on the horse so it's again uh just another gamble uh before our gamble if you're even going to get the horse right right uh your horses they're under robertino diodoro uh, was there ever any consideration of starting your journey under a, a different trainer? Why, why do you think you settled on Robertino? I, I had called uh, two or three trainers and uh, uh, I had Robertino was at the top of my list. Uh, I was friends uh, with the Weiss family from color are from Canada that come down and race at Oak Lawn and all over the country. And I was friends with uh, one of their uh, sons, uh, Clayton Weist. And uh, Clayton had recommended, he said, you need to hire Robertino. And uh, I had known uh, the Weiss from down at Oaklawn because they come down uh, in the winter uh, regularly to Hot Springs. And I had put in a couple other calls and then ran into Robertino in the hotel bar over there uh, at the Oaklawn uh, Casino Hotel. And once that happened, you know, we talked and, you know, it was like it was meant to be. Now he he does really well with the with the claims and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I I mean I can't think of a better trainer to to pick out someone who's won a tra multiple trainer titles, someone who who's really kind of been pretty successful. Now Tim, you work for John, and you've been with him every step of the way. Uh, how much input do you have into claims and purchases? Also, is your boss the coolest boss ever? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so he definitely is the coolest boss ever. Uh, pretty much whenever uh, Diodoro drives the ship on most of the claims, uh, we'll give input, but uh, he'll send something over that he wants us to look at. We'll, John and I will look it over and talk about it, whether we think it fits with our barn. And, and if so, we'll drop and put on our shaking shoes and hope we win. There we go. Uh, so it's no secret, say, am I about 10 a.m. on a Friday during the live racing season that you guys are out of office and at the track. 
what's the best excuse you've ever given to a client for why you can't be reached in the afternoon uh, on a Friday from December to May? Uh, I don't know that I ever, uh, I've reached a point where, uh, uh, I don't give them excuses. I just tell them <laughs> I have other interests besides them. You're not my life. And, uh, a lot of attorneys and I did the same thing for many, 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 many years, let this become my life and take it over. And that's an enormous mistake an enormous mistake. And I'd, I'd tell that to any young person starting out in, in any profession, have interests other than, uh, than what your profession is. And uh, we just don't schedule anything and uh, on Friday afternoons. And uh, it, it really hasn't been a problem. The bigger thing is what excuse can I give my wife about why I'm not, uh, why I'm not at home or at the office on a Friday afternoon? You know, that was the question that I was going to ask of, uh, you know, on the follow-up was, uh, and Tim, what's it like telling your, your family that you're headed to Oakland? Um, but I wasn't going to put you in trouble. So thank you for putting yourself in trouble uh, uh, for me and for the show here. Uh, so after sm- starting with your small string of horses for the 2021 me, you really beefed up the roster last year. And in that process, you made a good run at winning the Oakland owner's title. I don't remember exactly where you finished, but it was very close to the top. And, uh, this happened to be the year that Mike Sisk called it quits to breed rhinoceroses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he previously won an odor's title with Robertino Diodoro. Did you see him leaving the game as a as a void to fill? No, you know, we know Mike uh, and and just from Oakland and always enjoy visiting with him and having a drink with him over at the crosswalk. And I noticed, I guess it was I guess it was last year, wasn't it, Tim? I noticed he wasn't there, or maybe it was two years ago. He wasn't there as much. I, in fact, I only saw him one time when I used to see him every day, uh, you know, that Oakland meet was open and uh, or every weekend. And I didn't know that he was uh, – he never said anything to me about sort of backing out of it. And uh, and Mike has a lot of interests, and he's a very busy man. Uh, and I always enjoy visiting with him. I actually missed him. He's a, he's a fine, fine man. So I don't, uh, I don't know what all happened with that, but we had not, I guess it all worked out. You know, sometimes there is a harmony in the universe and, uh, you know, when Mike sort of backed out, we sort of ramped up and uh, even though it had nothing to do with anything uh, or each other. And, you know, I think it worked out well for Robertino. All right. We're going to get a quick word in from our sponsors, Bet Rivers. We are brought to you today by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states plus Ontario, Canada. Bet Rivers has some of the best live betting markets in the space. Their betting menu is second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers. My Bet Rivers play of the day? Oh, I'm going to be a disgusting homer. It's Arkansas on the money line. Sign up using our link to get a risk free bet up to $500. Just go to sports gamblingpodcast.com slash bet rivers at sports gambling podcast.com slash bet rivers problem gambling call 1-800 gambler all right need to get a little rehydration interlude in before i uh carry on here yo i just bought a dinosaur like nicholas cage uh, hey what happened hey, what's going on that's like the sound drops from cover so no one can hear me taking just ridiculous gulps uh after i read those ads uh, all right so this question, both of you, better feeling, winning a case or winning a race? 
I would say for me, it's probably equivalent. Equivalent. Mm-hmm. What, what about what about you, Tim? You just put so much into a case for so long. I think that kind of makes it more satisfying. But there really is nothing like standing in the winner's circle, um, particularly if you win by nose. Uh, you get down. Just that excitement is something that that cannot be matched and cannot be beat. Hey, if you're watching the track feeds too, keep an eye out for Tim in the winter circle with his Peter Miller hat on. Too. <laughs> you need to, you, Tim. You got to soul patch it up so that you complete the full, uh, the the full uh, Peter Miller look. Soul patch and maybe shave my head. <laughs> so let's talk about expectations for this meet for 2023. Uh, are you gunning for a title? Is that something that that you really want, or is it more of just uh, let's have fun? Uh, I truly don't think about the titles or anything. I, I just want the horses to get out there and win and do well. And of course, come out of the races without any problems. And we have, we've not had a horse, uh, that's, that's had a breakdown or some, uh, uh, you know, catastrophic injury in a race. So we've been blessed in that regard. We did have one break its shoulder, uh, this year uh, uh, and have to be put down, but it had nothing to do with racing. It was just playing in the stall, ironically. So, uh, you know, we, uh, that that's my goal is uh, to see the horses win races and uh, to come out of the races unscathed. You know, after everything that we've, we've seen in horse racing over the summer, the breakdowns at Saratoga and everything, John, I can't, lie to you that's the most refreshing answer that, I, that i've heard in a little bit it's just that it's not all about winning always you know this is a this is a sport with athletes that we care about like you just said you're you're a big softy for endomage like that's a that's great uh another horse that you had that i was a big fan of was uh lone rock mm-hmm. uh lone rock who really staked his you know his place as one of the top marathoners in the country had a big win on uh on uh bc day uh at, at del mar uh, and there's also one like the Brooklyn uh, up at uh, up at Belmont. Uh, how did you end up, uh, you know, getting into uh, Lone Rock? Uh, what does that horse mean to you? Well, we, uh, you know, Robertino trains uh, uh, Lone Rock. We don't have an interest or ownership in Lone Rock other than we're huge fans. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had a piece for him of him for no. a little bit. Tim has a Lone Rock <laughs> silks from the Breeders' Cup that he wore uh, at his uh, our, our saddle cloth, not silks. Uh, yeah. I think he has it in his office. I'm sure. Did you take, take it home? Took it home. Yeah, he took it home. I bought bought it for him for a birthday present at one of the Oaklawn charity auctions. I think I, uh, I think you're probably thinking of Lovely Ride. Yeah. I, I think you're right. No, I, I, yeah. I, I, uh, this I'm firing my research department, uh, after, <laughs> after this episode, uh, for, for that gaffe. Um, yeah. Uh, so who would you say is the, the superstar uh, of your roster right now? I mean, uh, people who are listening, who, who might they want to add to their virtual stable and be on the lookout for making their first start this meet? We better have a bunch of them <laughs> because we spent a ton of money uh, last year on buying six two-year-olds. And I, I told Tim my goal for them is them to all cross the finish line at the Kentucky Derby and there'd be a six-way, show, or six-way uh, uh, tie. But uh, probably, uh, you know, this Cat Storm uh, was supposed to be a big horse, but he chipped his knee. 
uh, uh, so he's out. We're probably not going to have him uh, this season. At Oaklawn. At Oaklawn. Yeah. And then uh, what would you say, Tim? Midshipman's dance, cruise missile, Mo winning. Mo winning should be a superstar. Candy Oak, Mr. Phillip, Curlin's Magic. Uh, that horse just ran uh, out at uh, uh, Zia Park, ran in a stakes race uh, yesterday and ran fourth. It uh, it needs a longer, the race I think was just six furlongs, yeah. wasn't it? And it, it's a two-turned horse. So he needs a little, uh, he's like me, it takes him her a little while to get going. And... Uh, and then we've got some Arkansas breads that are supposed to be superstars. The- I, I, I'm really glad that you did bring up those Arkansas breads, and we'll get we'll get back to those. Sorry to interrupt. Please continue. Yeah, no. And those those they're Zippy Mark Super M's. Get out your wallet. I thought there was one more, but no, those no, those, those are the three. Breads. Yeah, there's three of them. I was watching Churchill Downs the other day, and you guys had a uh, had one win in a maiden race that I saw. It was a Cathedral Beach, I guess mm-hmm. you. Mo- yeah, that that was a that was a good looking debut there, and congratulations yeah. on on that win. That's a um, but yeah, it's a good horse. So Tim and I have all, always maintained that the quickest way to make a million dollars is to breed a uh, unbeatable Arkansas bred horse. Uh, are are you considering getting? Uh, I know you've purchased two year olds, but are are you considering more getting into the the breeding aspect of it and trying to to produce that Ar- Arky bred that finally wins the Kentucky Derby? It's amazing uh, what these, uh, I, I know uh, probably most of the people who watch your show here are, are knowledgeable horse people, but anybody who looks at these auctions uh, at Keeneland and different places, it just astounds me what people pay for these horses. And uh, we have a couple that every time they run uh, of these six, I have uh, four or five people call me wanting to buy them. It just, it, it's just amazing. And uh, we do have a couple that we've bred. Uh, in fact, uh, she's had one, uh, one uh, cult. Uh, oh, what's her name, Tim? Uh, Puny timing. timing. And then she's the, pregnant again. She was the second, she was our second claim, John's second claim ever. She ran, uh, she won, I think she won a race for us and then had a knee problem and had to be retired. We bred, Bred her to Mark Valeski uh, last year and dropped a colt uh, whose name is Shrimp Cookie. Mm-hmm. He's a weanling. He's got a blaze on his uh, forehead that looks just like a shrimp. Okay. Okay. Uh, he'll the- he'll become our most famous <laughs> horse because of that stupid name. But anyway, go ahead. Tim. And then we bred her back this year to Bravazo, um, and we're waiting for waiting to see what drops out of that. That's uh, I, I one of the things that I love most about horse racing is is the horses' names and how they actually how they actually get to their names. I think I actually gave Tim some suggestions for names that got passed over. No hard feelings. I understand. <laughs> I didn't spend money on the horses, so I can't really be too upset about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, John, what advice would you give to someone who's exploring the idea of purchasing or, or, or claiming a horse? Like, what's the one piece of advice you wish you had gotten before you started? Uh just to uh it's imperative that you have a quality trainer that you believe in somebody that you can trust and who will treat your money like their money 
and our treat uh, their uh, you know treat your money just like it's theirs. And we have that in spades in Robertino. You know, he's an absolute dream to work with. Uh, has let owners from every level you can imagine, uh, every financial level and investment. Uh, you know, that's what impressed me about uh, Robertino is the you know when I met with him the first time he said you know I have owners that have five or ten thousand dollars in this and then have you know guys like Mike Sisk that have millions and uh, and then everything in between and that's what I would say uh, number one and then I would say be very careful with horses you claim and uh, buy we have not uh, uh, we've had good luck with claims and uh, in the past we've bought uh, some horses here and there and they haven't none of them have really panned out have we had a single one pan out that we bought no. th- through horse brokers yeah I, you just have to be very careful there okay Tim what about you do it sooner. I bet if I bet if John really thought about it, he'd wish that he'd gotten into it to it sooner. Uh, it's been a great experience, uh, just a blast. The people you meet, getting to go to the backside, um, see the horses. Um, yeah, I should have done this twenty years ago. Is the other advice is just to ask questions. No matter how much you know, um, you don't know nearly as much as you think you do. Right. Right. That's, that's the, I think the one thing is like, uh, as like handicappers, when it comes to like jockey's decisions, uh, when it comes to, uh, a, a trainer's decision or a trainer's, you know, spotting up is we read the form and we think we know everything about the horse, but it's, it's, you know, it's the connections, it's the trainers that actually see them every day and know what's best and where, where they fit. And you just have to, I, I can see where, being involved with someone that you trust to make the right decisions comes in just absolutely big time. You know who else is big time? Our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Hey, my favorite underdog pick for today's show is Brandon Aubrey. Higher. It's seven and a half kicking points. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. And we're also brought to you by the good nerds at Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool via hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire play. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value stop betting in the dark join over 30,000 users researching with hall of fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays download the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com use code sgpn to get 50 percent off your first month today start researching start winning with hall of fame bets once again gotta get a little rehydration in early scrambling gambling i'm much wrong with mandolins and violins we just sitting here trying to win trying not to sin how off weed and lots of gin all right. So last year you guys actually went and got certifications in, in equine law. Uh how similar is that to bird law? And uh I don't know. I I really just what what all kind of falls under that that equine law uh, umbrella? 
it was fascinating to me going over there and uh it's uh, i really didn't think about all the aspects of of what people do with horses for example one of the speakers uh, and it was fascinating was a uh, an olympic athlete and they train these horses for what's it called dressage, I think, yeah. for these various events in the Olympics and all the complexities of that. It was just just amazing. And, uh, you know, how you get your horses certified for uh, uh, to be in the Olympics. And th they spend a million, two million dollars each on those fully trained horses. Oh. And that's that's what the guy was talking about. I think there's some movie about this. Do you remember the name of the movie? I remember the name and you know, these these young girls all watch or young women all watch these uh uh you know these events and then they want to get into it. And to have one of those fully trained horses is a million to two million dollars. And then you need, guess what, three or four of them and, uh, uh, to be able to compete. So I'm, I'm glad I don't have a child that uh, uh, wants to do that as a hobby. Uh, but it's always... fascinating. I thought it would all be about racing. and But, uh, uh, you know, thoroughbred racing, thoroughbred horse racing is just a, 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 a microcosm of what all people do with horses. I, I've always said that I want to win enough money on a horse race that my kids don't have to go to college and can do dressage. So I appreciate you uh, conf confirming for me just how expensive that really is. Wow. You want to spend no some money. That's real money. Take So you can, the, the real money isn't in making them run fast. It's in making them dance. Making them dance. Exactly. exactly. Love it. Love it. Um, Tim, what, what, what was your favorite part of going to get that certification? What are you most interested in with the horse law? Well, the most interesting thing, I'm kind of a law nerd, was just hearing all about Heiza. And, you know, Baffert's, Baffert's attorney was the, uh, Craig Robinson, was the chair of this conference. Um, so just hearing about uh, all the various uh, lawsuits about Heiza and the issues with it and the challenges to it, I thought was, was really interesting. And here we are six months later, and uh, all those things are still ongoing. Yeah. So I, that's, you, you bring up Heiza, which I, I didn't have the schedule, but that, that's a good point. What I, I'm interested to hear the owner's, you know, take on, on Heiza. Do you, do you feel like it's a overall good, or do you think that it's a, a good that needs a little bit of work or a bad, we can say, you can say bad too. I, I didn't want to, I don't want to cut you off, you know, wait, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, the, the number one thing is we've got to figure out how to deal with it because it's the rules that are established for racing now and I can like them or I can hate them, uh, but it's what the rules are and we're going to have to deal with. Um, to me, it doesn't seem particularly well thought out. Uh, it seems to me uh, to cause more problems uh, than it's solving right now, uh, but it's still, it's still in its infancy and uh, I think the, the people that are just hoping that it goes away uh, are going to be very disappointed because uh, it takes takes a lot to get an act of Congress passed. Uh, and I don't think they're going to wipe it off the board. Yeah, I feel like getting Heiser repealed is probably not like at the, the top of very many candidates uh, outside of the, the state of Kentucky's list of, of, of things to do. I just think that's very, you know, it's interesting because you get the horse player opinion of uh, of Heiser. Uh, and so it's kind of it's interesting to hear the the you know 
someone who's more involved with the, the ownership side of it to, to get their opinion. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you, the people who own the horses, uh, there's that whole debate of, okay, uh, who who is really horse race? Who is horse racing really for? Is it for, is it more about the owners? Is it more about the horses? Is it more about the horse players? Is it more about the tracks, things like that? And so it's all, it's always interesting to hear how, how people, uh, you know, uh, their takes on that. Um, I'm an old Democrat and I will quote Ronald Reagan. Uh, uh, the most frightening words in the English language are we're from the government and we're here to help you. <laughs> That's my take on Haiza. There we go. Okay. Um, guys, what, so let's hear what's your, what's your wish. Well, you've already given me your wish, wish list for 2023, but do you, do you have any parting thoughts for, for this 2023 meet? Anything that you, any tips or anything that you want to give the good people out here? I would watch our Arkansas breads. I like that. That's the kind of insider tip I like. What about you, Tim? What are you thinking about? I know you always got your head in it. I got my head in it. I'm really excited to see how these two-year-olds develop now that they're going to get to some longer races. Um, not all of them have made it to the races yet, um, but they all, to me, seem bred to go two turns. And now we're about to get some two-turn races uh, with some nice purses where I think they can compete. Um, I'd like to see some. I, I like to see some more quality wins. What are the two? Uh, what is it? The uh... Is it the poinsettia? I'm trying to think. It's got a Christmas theme. Yeah, uh, they have a couple. Poinsettia and the tinsel. The points. Are you going to have a couple entries there? Yeah, Love, lovely ride is lovely ride is back. Uh, so she should be uh, in the. Uh, she should be. I think it's the poinsettia, the Philly race. She should be in that. And we claimed a horse, a mascot parade, uh, who hopefully will be lined up for the tinsel. Okay. I, I remember Mask Parade. That's a I want to say a horse that I've I've been on the side of a, a few times. Um guys, that's that's all I got. I feel like I'm letting you off easy here. Um I don't have any like barn burner uh you know uh hot takes or anything to drop at the end of it. Just uh thank you for for joining me. And uh John, thank you for letting me sit in your box last year. Uh mm-hmm. that, that's also very, very handy. Um guys, have a great 2023 oaklawn meet and uh I, I i certainly you know i you can tell by the pick that i gave out earlier that i'm always a dirty homer and i'm considering you guys the home team so uh i'll be i'll be cheering and i'll be uh throwing my uh my money love behind the, your your horses as well probably um that's gonna do it for us here at the notorious otb brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network we'll be back later this week we're gonna be talking turfway we'll be talking cigar mile day all of it We will catch you next time. 